You're listening to AIB Market Talk with our latest financial market update. Hello and welcome to our weekly AIB Market Talk and Brexit update on Tuesday the 26th of November. I'm John Heffernan from our Customer Treasury Service Unit and this week I'm joined by AIB Senior Economist John Fahey who will provide us an update on Brexit, talk about the Irish economy story in the backdrop of the global slowdown and give us his thoughts on the week ahead. John, with the manifestos out, the campaign in full swing, what's the latest with the UK election? So what we've been saying over the last couple of weeks is uh, we're keeping a close eye on the uh, polls. Uh, so what we look at is the poll of polls, which is the average of all the polls that are coming out. And what we're looking for in these is just to see, uh, is there any main change in the trends for the main parties? In other words, Conservative parties have been above 40%, uh, with on average a 10 to 15 base points lead against uh, Labour. Labour have been stuck around 28, 29. Lib Dems between uh, 13 to 15. And the Brexit party between 3 to 5. So what we've seen in the last last uh, couple of days is basically uh, trends still remain. In other words, Conservative Party maintaining their lead in the current poll of polls. They're at 43%. I think last week when we talked about they're around 41, 42, so they've edged up a little bit higher. The key thing is, though, is uh, if you compare this time to the last time round, uh, as we got near the election, Conservative Party uh, lead in the polls started to narrow greatly in the lead up to the actual election. So far, that's not happening. If anything, uh, the Conservative Party are maintaining, if not building slightly, uh, on their lead. So net-net, what does it mean? Well, based on the current polling, uh, there's uh, good chances uh, if this turns out to be the actual poll on the day, Conservative Party will win an overall majority. Yeah, so one report over the weekend that was putting the lead at 19 points, that would then suggest a strong majority for the government if they get in. Do you think the withdrawal agreement is the next time we're going to see Sterling possibly take a rally, given that at the moment it's kind of much of a muchness hang, hanging around where it's been for the last couple of weeks? Yeah, it's been fairly dull in terms of when you look at currency markets, not much is happening. Uh, from a Sterling perspective, the big thing is the election, because that'll set the tone as to what happens with Brexit. So, as you mentioned there, if Conservative Party win the overall majority, then it's expected they'll, and Boris Johnson over the weekend said he'd put the withdrawal agreement to Parliament again before Christmas, uh, and they'd get it pushed through in terms of legislation. So if they have an overall majority, uh, it makes it much easier this time around uh, to get that done. So from a Sterling perspective, that will provide a bit of a boost to Sterling because if you get the withdrawal agreement through, then you kick off the transition phase uh, to allow the trade negotiations to happen. Uh, so we're at the moment 85.5 to 86p in, in euro sterling. So we think it could test down below 85p, uh, get towards 84p. But I think then markets will kind of maybe take pause and say, OK, the transition arrangements there, we have a year now, the clock is ticking. But then the clock is ticking. The next thing is, well, what's the trade agreement going to be like? And given what we've heard so far from the Conservative Party, they want to take very much back control. Uh, so the more control they want, the less integrated trade agreement they'll get the worse it is for the UK from an economic perspective. So we think then that realisation will dawn, so it may limit to some extent the boost that Sterling may get uh, from the withdrawal agreement getting passed in Parliament. Thank you for the Brexit update, John. And looking at the Examiner article that will be in the paper this week, it's showing numbers in Ireland are very strong, a robust economy, strong employment situation. Can you give us a bit more colour of what's going on in the Irish economic situation at the moment? So last week we had the uh, third quarter uh, labour market data out. So this is the one that gives us the official employment numbers. Uh, So that shows continued strong uh, jobs growth. So in hardball number terms, in the quarter, employment was up 0.8% uh, compared to the previous quarter, compared to Q2. So what does that mean? It means that uh, 17,000 new jobs were created in Q2 compared to Q3. And in year-in-year terms, the employment rate's at 2.4% higher. That translates into job gains of 55,000 more in 
Q3 of this year uh, compared to Q3 of last year. So uh, employment's not as strong as it has been, uh, where it for much of the last three to five years has been in three to three and a half percent range. But still employment growth above two percent is still very strong. Uh, and it shows the economy is pretty close to full employment, because if you look at where the unemployment rate is now, the data last week showed that uh, we're down to four point nine percent in the third quarter. So. Uh, we're below 5% and that's down f- compared to 5.2% uh, in Q2. And interestingly enough and, and, and even more encouraging is that the long-term unemployment rate has now fallen to just uh, 1.4%. So that all uh, ties into the view that we're getting close to full employment uh, in the Irish economy. But it's not just the labour market data. If you look at other data, core retail sales, consumer spending, uh, exports, construction output, tax revenues, they all suggest that the economy is performing strongly. Drawn on the conversation from last week, global economy isn't performing as well. Could Is, is it potential for global winds to sink the Irish ship? Like, will US-China talks, and particularly this phase one, kind of dampen our growth, or is, are there any indicators that suggesting the Irish economy will continue to grow? In the face so, of global slowdown. Yeah, so what we're seeing in terms of the lead indicators like survey data. So what I talked about there was kind of hard actual data that gets released. So we have other stuff like the PMIs, which uh, we release, which are coming out in the next couple of weeks. So the purchasing manager indices, so these are surveys of uh, firms in the manufacturing and services sectors. And what they do show is uh, it's uh, a bit more, there are some warning signs there. In other words, activity uh, will slow down. So it's no surprise because you referenced there, well, what could happen if the global economy? Well, we're a very open economy. Exports are over 100% percent of our GDP. So any sort of slowdown in the global economy does have a direct knock-on impact uh, on the Irish economy. So what we've seen in the uh, survey data is uh, slower growth. Obviously, the big thing for the, the two key things for the Irish economy in terms of the outlook, the main risks are external and those two biggest risks are Brexit, but a slowdown uh, in the global economy. So we'll be keeping a cl- close eye on those global macro indicators uh, because obviously there is potential headwinds there uh, for the Irish economy, just given how sensitive we are uh, to external developments and how reliant we are on uh, our export performance to drive headline growth. Thank you, John. And just to the week ahead, if you remember the run-up to last Christmas, it was quite volatile. This year, it appears that it will be reasonably quiet. Where do you see any potential volatility kicking in? So when we look back last year, as you said there, if you think December last year, we got into December, it was a very tough period for months. It was one of the worst Decembers ever on, on the history uh, of Wall Street. And if you think what was happening then, you basically had markets were very concerned because the central bank's main monetary policy tools were about to be tightened or already been tightened. In other words, interest rates were going up or we were getting guidance that interest rates would soon go up. Markets sold off strongly because there was a lot of uncertainty around US-China trade talks. Fast forward 12 months. Central banks have changed tack completely. Uh, that happened in January, February of last of this year. Uh, they said, well, okay, we may have to ease policy further. We've seen that since, as we talked previously about the Fed, three rate hikes in a row, the ECB back in September cutting interest rates, restarting its QE program. Uh, so those central banks are now saying, well, we've introduced policy. We're going to uh, remain on hold to see what happens. So we've got the central banks of the ECB, the Bank of England uh, and the Fed. And if you look from an ECB and, B and, and Federal Reserve perspective, uh, between now and year end, they're unlikely to do anything else uh, because they've introduced the policy. So they're going to give it a few months or even quarters to see how effectual that is. So really, the only thing from a market's perspective that potentially could cause volatility from a general market's perspective is US-China trade talks, because 
the the ebb and flow of data there is positive or negative in terms of headlines, but the market's now looking for concrete developments in terms of some sort of signed agreement on phase one. So that is one potential area. Obviously, Brexit is as very specific things from a UK and sterling perspective but generally speaking as we look to the year end with the central banks off the pitch it's really US-China trade talks or global trade tensions that be the main source of volatility but at the moment it looks as if it could be a much quieter end to 2019 than we had uh, compared to 2018. And the week ahead looks busy in terms of data releases what should our listeners be paying attention to and what do you think or have any effect this might have on the major currencies this week? When we look at the Eurozone, we get some survey data out. So last week we had the PMIs, this week we get the European Commission Economic Sentiment Indices and the German IFO. So these are kind of market follows them pretty closely. Uh, but unless there's major surprises, don't think there's going to be any huge impact on a currency perspective. The US, it's a it's Thanksgiving week, so it's a holiday shortened calendar. So there's nothing really there in the US schedule that could uh, move the dollar. Uh, and from a UK perspective, uh, it's a very quiet macro calendar. So it's really just the countdown to the election in the UK. So in terms of the calendar for the week ahead, there's nothing really there suggests that we could see uh, any major directional impact on the main currency pair. So last week we had very narrow range trading on currency markets. Uh, so for the week ahead you could have something very similar. John, thank you very much for this week's comments and thank you to our customers, colleagues and listeners for listening to this week's edition. Next week we will have a PMI podcast in addition to the AIB Mar- weekly AIB Market Talk. Please remember to subscribe to AIB Market Talk on all the podcast apps for Android and iOS. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of AIB Market Talk. Allied Irish Bank's PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. First Trust Bank is a trademark of AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority. Allied Irish Bank GB and Allied Irish Bank GB Savings Direct are trademarks used under licence by AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority.